All right, all right, here we go. This is the NBA Dream Podcast for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Today is Saturday, February the 25th. I'm your host, Sleepy Jay, joined once again by NBA betting expert Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and I, we're going to go ahead. We're going to cover the NBA Saturday games. We're also going to give out our future ticket, and we're going to go ahead and give out our best bets. So, guys, right now, home stretch of the season. We got the second half All-Star Weekend, as we mentioned before. Uh, it's over. Mackenzie and I, we're going to go ahead dive into this Saturday card. Mac, I'm not sure last night if you caught the double OT thriller between the Clippers and the Kings, second highest scoring game all time in NBA history. I was watching it on GameCast and then I had to turn it on because it just got a little bit out of control. Interesting game. I was actually quite surprised that the Clippers, let's just say they puked up a win there. Uh, They had a pretty decent sized lead, uh, had a lead in OT, had a lead in double OT, and they come up short. So, uh, Russell Westbrook made his, you know, made his return to LA on the floor there, and uh, he ended up getting a standing ovation after he fouled out. I'm not sure what you made of that game, man, but it, it kept me up late. That's a good place to start. So they're up six. Russell Westbrook gets a six foul, one seventy five to one sixty nine, standing ovation. And I'm like, I'm looking at the box score. I'm like, this guy has seven turnovers, six fouls. And he's getting a standing O. That shows you what the expectation in L.A. was for Westbrook. It's like, oh, wow, he's a contributor. That that wasn't a surprise to me. I know he can still play basketball at a high level. The question is, does he fix the Clippers' problems? And he clearly doesn't when he's on the bench. Because the last few minutes of the game, they were just doubling quiet half court. Uh, they would throw it to Plumley, who couldn't make a pass. He had like two consecutive turnovers down the stretch. They don't have a point guard. They don't have a guy that can... Uh, get quite later in the possession, the ball in a place that's convenient, you know, on the post or something. And Westbrook, he was a he was a dynamo in this game. He did a lot of good things. Seven for thirteen shooting. He hit a three at fourteen assists. But I don't think he necessarily solves the problem of pacing and organization down the stretch because it wasn't just one. You're talking about throwing up on yourself. You ever throw up on yourself or throw up, but you're so sick, you're like, I, it ain't over. I'm staying right next to the right next to the John because there, there's another wave. Uh, I can tell it's coming. They were up 14 points with four minutes to go in this game. Blew it. They were up six points in the first overtime. Blew it. We just mentioned they were up six points with two minutes to go in the second overtime and blew it. This is a thing that we've seen over and over and over again with this team. And it's this is a Kawhi Leonard team, and he's known as the clutch guy. And by the way, he was clutch. He was 16 for 22 in this game, six for nine from three. He did everything he could do. But you need other options down the stretch, and they did not have that. I don't know what happened to Paul George uh, later in this game. He disappeared. I mean, it's funny. I turned this game on and off. I was watching the first quarter because I had some interest on the Kings, and then I watched every minute of the overtime in, in, the, in the fourth quarter. It was a fascinating game. I mean, it was it was historic, but it it, it raised more questions about the Clippers than uh, Westwood Westbrook provided answers. Yeah, I think the big thing for me when I looked at the box score was that the Kings – they ended up clobbering the Clippers in the paint. They outscored them by 40 points in the paint. Mason Plumlee was the center last night, so maybe that's an issue that they do have to kind of address. But I guess it was good to see Westbrook kind of get an ovation versus getting booed, so you know we'll see how his next game goes. But I guess he, he kind of say he gave everything that he had. I mean, the guy played 39 minutes last night, ended up fouling out of the game. I don't know if he hurt his team, but I don't know if he – you know, if he helped them a whole lot. Do you think that he's an upgrade, though, Mac, you know, versus what they were doing with Terrence Mann? 
I do. And I'm not sure it's necessarily an upgrade every game, but it's having another tool in your tool bag. And he can do a lot of things pace-wise with the ball, uh, without other great players around him, that Terrence Mann can't do, shouldn't be asked to do. So uh, Terrence Mann was a plus six in this game. Russell Westbrook was a plus three. They were both positive contributions. It really fell down for them when they didn't have either of those guys out there. But it's it's a it's a different punch. It's a different look that they can throw at teams. And I definitely think, especially in a playoff scenario, uh, that as long as Westbrook accepts that he is, when called upon, going to be Russ and not necessarily every single game, then I think it works out well. And and the vibes I got is that he's he's uh, he's there. I mean, he wasn't shooting a lot. 14 assists. I feel like he wants to do anything he can do to contribute and prove everybody else in L.A. wrong. Well, Russell, go ahead and get his uh, next look there at the Denver Nuggets. They'll be on the road there. I was actually rooting for that game, Mac, to go in a triple OT to go ahead and break the all-time record. I thought that would have been interesting. And if you had Malik Monk as a leading scorer in that game, probably was a pretty nice ticket. I was actually surprised at that. Kawhi goes out for 40. Sabonis ends up having like a monster game. Fox had 42, and there's your boy Malik Monk with 45 leading all scorers. So interesting game uh, last night. But we have some interesting games to get into uh, today. Mac just spoke about the Nuggets there, and the Nuggets are going to be on the road in Memphis. This is a game that you wanted to talk about. Grizzlies going to be minus 2.5 at home. We have a total of 235.5. We're actually going to suck a couple wagers out of this game. Mac, you have a play on this one. What are you looking at? I like the Nuggets. My numbers make this a pick them. The Nuggets are clearly a better team. They're clearly at a better point in their trajectory than the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies haven't answered their biggest question, I mean, of of late, which is what do they do in the middle with Steven Adams not available, with their you know starting center not available? Last game, they started Jaron Jackson Jr. at center. They played that for that for about five minutes. And then they brought in Xavier Tillman, probably their 10th best guy on their roster. He played 32 minutes. He guarded Embiid you know, throughout the game. And Embiid had a big game. He only shot seven for 25, not efficient, missed all five of his threes. But he grabbed 19 boards, had six assists, six blocks. He It was it was one team had a center, another team didn't. And I feel like that's the scenario we're going to get again here with the Nuggets, uh, having the best center in the world, right? You know, probably a step ahead of Embiid at this point in their careers. And I don't know what the Grizzlies do. Everyone in, in Memphis was was yelling at, at uh, Taylor Jenkins for playing Tillman too much. you got to play Jaren Jackson Jr. at center. Until he fouls out. And then you go from uh, a half a center or you know, .75 centers to absolutely nobody in the middle. As deep as this team is, that's really a glaring hole in, in, their, in their roster setup. And I don't think the answer is, oh, just play Jaron Jackson Jr. at center. You know, he's big. He's Defensive Player of the Year candidate. I don't think it's going to work. He's frail. He's like 220 pounds. He's... Almost the same weight as John Morant. He's not a big guy. And Embiid, Jokic, if they can square off on them for 40 minutes, I think it's going to be bad news. So whichever option they go, whether they play Jackson Jr. at center more, I mean, they got to do that some. They started with him at center last game. Or if they play Tillman more, I like the way it sets up for Denver. And I think um, these are the best two teams in the West right now. And it doesn't really feel like it. One is kind of taking a leap and the other is kind of settled down. So this is an opportunity for Denver to cement that lead. Start, you know, planning their trips as the number one seed if they get this win. The last 30 days, Memphis is only the 20th best offense and the 17th best team. Nuggets last 30 days have been the third best team, and they've been the number one best offense on the year. So uh, I I lean towards Denver as a bet here. As we get into it, I think there's different ways to attack this game, and I like them all. You know, the one thing that 
that worries me right here about Memphis going into this one is that Philadelphia eventually figured them out. Like Memphis was actually playing really well against the 76ers. Uh, they were up pretty much all the way until, I don't know, maybe it was like maybe like the four or five minute mark of the fourth quarter. And then it seemed like Philly fin- finally figured it out. And then it was like, let's just get it to Embiid. Embiid was picking and popping on the inside of the paint there and kicking it out to some of the guys hard and hit uh, a, a nasty three. And, and that just got that whole crowd rejuvenated. So you got to wonder how Memphis feels coming into this game. Like, is it was that a gut punching loss? It felt like it to me as I watched that game. So, you know, we'll see how that game all shakes out for me. I, I don't have much of an opinion on that one. I would probably be on the Nuggets side instead of Memphis here at home. I just felt like it was a kind of a gut punching loss to them. I will say this though, Desmond Bain, that dude could shoot from the outside. That, that guy, if it comes down to a game winning shot, I don't know who you're giving the ball to Mac. I'm not giving it to John Morant. I'm going to give it to Bain. I'm going to let him go ahead and, and click a three because that dude's pretty automatic. That's an interesting one because John Morant hit some big playoff shots last game, but he's not a great shooter. You know, it's not what he does. He's more of a more of an operator. Desmond Bain, we talked about this when we gave his prop over. His his recent shooting splits are just insane. So in February, shooting 50% from the field. For the last two months, he's shooting 50% from the field, 45% from three, January and February. Uh, that's useful. Uh, you talk about, let me Real quick, to finish my point on the Nuggets and why I like them, it was a gut-punching loss. And more than that, I think it was the kind of loss that makes you question how you're operating, what needs to change. And whenever there's turmoil, whenever there's roster uh, tumultuousness, I like the team that's more cohesive, that's playing better right now. I don't think the Grizzlies are just going to figure it out like that. They might want to. They might have a lot of intensity in this game. But I think there's so many questions with the Grizzlies at the center position favors the Nuggets here. And I think one of the issues right now for Memphis is, one, they have to digest what happened and maybe game plan for you know that big type of center. But Jokic is a completely different type of center. Like It's a completely different game plan versus what Embiid's doing to you. So Mackenzie going to go ahead and lean there with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, my game there, Mac, I'll go ahead. I'll play the Heat minus the five and a half. Both of these teams ended up playing yesterday. And both teams had different results. Hornets actually won yesterday on the road, which is a little bit of a surprise. In the Heat, they ended up losing on the road. We talked a few days ago, you know, about backing bad teams that might be looking the tank. And for the record, you know, tanking, that actually does exist in the NBA. The Hornets, they're not that good to begin with. But I think Miami's looking for a big bounce back win here uh, off of a loss against the Red Hot Bucks team. I don't think we can blame them for that. Miami came out of the gates. They look sluggish. They look slow. You know, we talked on the last podcast about vacation legs. It looked like that was the case with them. But I do think the good thing for the Heat here is that the fact that the starters didn't even play that much at all. All the starters were in the 20-minute range. The most minutes played was by Hero. I think he played 28 minutes in that game. And on the flip side, the Hornets players, they played heavy minutes. Lamelo he went 40 minutes. And all the other guys that were on the starting lineup there, they went 32 minutes or more outside of the center. Uh, so I'm going to get a fresher team. I'm going to get the more motivated team off of a loss in the heat. And the market has moved from heat minus four and a half to heat minus five and a half. I believe that's the right move. And I think playing the heat now makes all the sense in the world. So I see a big game for Miami tonight. Nice big bounce back here uh, for the heat. Not sure if you have any crazy numbers or anything in support of my pick there or against it there, Mac. But I like the heat tonight minus five and a half. A lot of numbers support what you're saying. I mean, think about this from an organizational perspective. Both teams off a back-to-back. The Heat got embarrassed versus a playoff competitor in the Bucs. Lost by 32 points. 
so they're itching to get back on the court. The Hornets, exactly the opposite. They're a team that's down and out. They get an upset win in Minnesota. Franchise might be like, oh, whoa, guys, we don't, we don't need too many of these wins when we're talking uh, uh, down the stretch here. Uh, so just to throw one at you that supports your pick, I was looking at this myself. Teams that lost by 15-plus, like the Heat did, they lost by 32, in our road favorites the next game, 58% historically since 1995 and 71% ATS since the start of the 2017-18 season. They just want to get back on the court, whatever, especially off of the All-Star break, whatever long, uh, whatever wear and tear it usually comes with being on a back-to-back, I don't think that applies to the Heat here. So I agree with you. I like this pick. All right. I love that trend and the fact, and I actually didn't even consider the the margin that they lost by. So that that's certainly important. So we'll go ahead. We'll play the play the heat there at minus the five and a half points. Um, we have a couple of things that we do want to get to that we're probably not going to be able to get to. Uh, we'll get into that in just a minute there, but let's talk, let's talk NBA long shot ticket there, Mac. One that we think that we should have in our pocket talking about blowouts, the team that we're kind of going to go ahead and recommend here. Uh, absolutely got blown out last night and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. But Mac, I actually think that this could be the second best team in the Eastern conference. Right now, their odds to win the title, 30-1. to 1. I feel like that ticket should kind of be cut in half. They're in there with, like, the Lakers, the Pelicans. 30-1 to 1 just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if Tatum goes down or Brown goes down, I think Cleveland becomes the favorite in the Eastern Conference, yes, over Philadelphia, yes, over Milwaukee, that that team is more equipped to go ahead and, and probably make a deeper run than, than those other teams outside of Boston. So 30-1, to 1, that seems like a ticket that I would like to have. I'm not sure – how you feel about that, but that's kind of a ticket that I want to have. you have any other long shots or, or do you agree with that one? I agree with this one. There's one team, I think, outside of the main championship competitors, the Suns. The West is wide open, not talking about the Suns, but in the East, the Celtics and the Bucks are clear favorites. And who else can I see picking up the Larry O'Brien trophy? Really only the Cavs. I don't see the Sixers making it four rounds. I don't think they're diverse enough in their offense. The Cavs are... Behind the Celtics, number two net rating in the East, and they're the only team that's top 10 besides the Celtics in both offense and defense. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen Donovan Mitchell be that guy late in the playoffs yet, but we've seen him you know, put up 60 in the playoffs or 59 or whatever it is, and I think has a lot of chip on his shoulder to kind of prove that they made the right move, going all in on him. And there's not a better starting five in the East, a deeper starting five, all five could be all-stars at some point in their career or have been before. So I agree with you. Cavs are 30 to one. There's some value there, especially if Giannis, you know, he just picked up another knee injury. If Giannis or Tatum goes down, they're quickly going to become the favorites in the East. And at 30 to one, it's going to be more like nine to one. So we'll go ahead. We'll recommend playing the Cavs at 30 to one to go ahead and win the title. Mac, we want to do like an NBA playoff kind of draft. And do we want to pick teams or do we want to pick players? That was kind of, where we were going with this and how we would actually go ahead and figure this out and make this fun and interesting. And, and it could carry on, you know, for a number of weeks. So it'll be me against you head to head. And I'm not sure how you feel about doing teams or how you feel about doing players. I think the players will be more fun. I think it would be easier to track. So I think what we do is we take, maybe we take the top 10 teams in each conference and we get to pick one player per team. So let's say you got the number one pick. Uh, let's just say you, you, you take Kevin Durant. All right, cool. Well then, you know, I turn around and I'm going to go, all right, I'll, I'll take Jason Tatum. And then we just start taking the best players probably off each team. And then, you know, once the playoffs come, 
then we start the addition. Then it's we just do it by points per game. You know, we add up the points for our guys, and 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 who you know if you if you survive, then you know, you get to carry that player into the next round. So you have to factor that in. And obviously, if they get bounced, then you know you're you're down a player. Um, and it's going to work out probably the same way for a team. So um, you know you're going to get bounced one way or another. But you know, I think when it comes to uh, doing it with the players. You know, you could end up having you could be behind by quite a bit. And, you know, let's just say you have KD on your roster and KD goes off for, you know, 55 in a playoff game. Boom, you're right back in it. So uh, I think if you lose a team, it's going to be hard to catch up versus, you know, if you have a, you know, if if you start out behind with some of the players, I think that that would actually make it more interesting. And, you know, it's obviously going to probably more than likely carry us at least to the conference finals, if not the finals. I don't mind that. I was thinking we were going to do like a championship draft, pick 20 teams whoever has the champion and we can still do that uh you know just to give you some idea who we like in the futures market but your game i think is a little more interesting because you're picking two things you're picking production and you're predict i mean but production's meaningless on a team that doesn't make the playoffs lebron <laughs> a production's meaningless on a team that doesn't advance far in the playoffs so you're you're both matching who you think is going to produce and the effect that it's going to have the efficiency winning games what we care about so i like that uh so you you already kind of tipped your hand. You think, oh, I might go Giannis with my second pick or my third pick after KD and Jason Tatum are off the board. Uh, and then we, we we could just do total points. I mean, or, uh, I guess some guys have get more rebounds. We could do points, rebounds, and assists. We could do something like that. What do you, what do you think? Um, I actually think just doing points makes it a lot easier for us to track and and probably a lot easier for you know our followers to follow along. So if they know, like, hey, you need 47 points tonight from you know such and such, it would be easier um, to go ahead and keep track. So. Uh, I'm with that. I, I think that that would be cool. I'm not sure what the listeners think, but if they think that that would be fun to, uh, you know, listen to and, and have me and Mac and go ahead and update. And, you know, obviously as the playoffs go through, you know, we'll be talking crap to each other, which normally me, Mackenzie and I, we end up, you know, doing more agreeing than we do, you know, betting against each other on this podcast, just because it seems to work for us and, and it's worked for you guys. So I, I, I would be more for the player, player points and, 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 and the player draft. Let's do it because, yeah, we do agree a lot. We handicap in similar ways, although from different perspectives, we end up in the same place a lot of the time. This will give us some uh, some friction, some heat uh, when, you know, Giannis goes for 50 in game seven, sends Tatum home. We'll see who's talking. All right. So that's what we're going to go ahead and do. Mackenzie and I will we'll do a little bit better of a job planning that, and we'll figure out uh, a start date. What I'd like to do is uh, start it right when the play-in games start and uh, because you're going to need those players as well because – you know, playing games from t- 10 teams each. So that's kind of what we'll do with that. Uh, so we have our coupon Mac. We have best bets. We have our agreed upon player prop. Not sure which direction you want to go. You know what? Let's do, let's do a best bet. Let's do your best bet. Now we'll get that out of the way. We already talked a little bit about the Denver nugget game. You have a best bet in that game. What are you looking at? Yeah. Let's go back to the Grizzlies center situation or lack thereof. I like Nikola Jokic, over 48.5 points, rebounds, and assists. That's exactly where his, you add up his points over under, rebounds over under, assists over under, add it all up, it is 48.5. So uh, you're pretty much betting all three, but you're doing it in a combo bet. And the reason I like it is because Embiid had an off-shooting game. He was 7 for 25. He still scored 27 points and had 25 rebounds and assists combined. So even in an off game against this moribund, Grizzlies big man situation without Steven Adams there a very not a similar player but a similar star a similar amount of gravitas 
put up huge numbers. I don't expect Jokic to shoot seven for 25. Jokic's true shooting percentage is like historic. He's shooting 63% from the field. He was eight for 13 in his last game. He didn't have to flex his wings. I think he's going to have to in this game. The Grizzlies are in a desperate situation. They just lost their first playoff type game uh, of the NBA second half where the Nuggets won theirs. So I lean towards the Nuggets. I think they have value here. I think the line should be pick them. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies have a kitchen sink game and start throwing everything they can to stay competitive. In that situation, give me the call, cool hand of Nikola Jokic, uh, racking up stats in every which way, keeping the Nuggets in front. So 48 and a half is the number. That's pretty much where they set it at every every situation. I think there's two things why it should be higher. One, the Grizzlies don't have a center. If they do play Jaron Jackson Jr., I expect him to get in foul trouble or to not be very effective. Two, this is a playoff type game situation, I think, for the Grizzlies. So I expect a lot of minutes from the best Grizzlies and a lot of minutes from Jokic to keeping pace. Jokic over 48 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. That'll be my best bet. All right. I like that one. You know, one of the reasons I like that, Mac, is that he's right now the leading MVP guy to go ahead and get that award. And the fact that he only scored four points in the All-Star game, he's like, you know what? Let me go back out and show everybody why I'm the MVP. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that All-Star game. But, you know, last game, right? I mean, it's like one of those things. We talked about that uh, with Luca the other day when we had our Kyrie Irvin under. You know, that Luca was going to go out and try to have a big game. Um, I, I, I think he I think he played well, you know, that – some of those guys, you know, they want to get on the floor in the All Star game, and some of them just don't. And then, yeah. you know, when they have like those dud games, they're like, you know, I'm got to go back out there and get my game right. Jokic said, "I'm not mad. I was the last guy I picked, or the second to last guy I picked. I'm not an All Star game type player. Usually, athleticism, crazy dunks, crazy threes is what you're looking for in an All Star game. It's more methodical, and he understands that. That's why eight for thirteen upset win in Cleveland right out to the All Star break. He proved his point. And uh, you talk about Luca, he did." exactly that he came up with a big game if it wasn't for the blowout being pulled early he probably goes over his points prop but hey that was part of our handicap we thought you know we like Luca to have a big game we like Kyrie to have a quieter game but might be a blowout in which case you want to look unders this is the exact opposite scenario I can't imagine a blowout either way and the Grizzlies can't allow a blowout so they're going to stay in this game uh keeping it competitive we might get an overtime and that's always good for a for your best player going over his numbers. All right, so I'm not going to go ahead and give out Nikola Jokic over his points, rebounds, assists for his best bet. My best bet, Mac, I'm going to go with the Pelicans. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the plus three points here. The Knicks are going to be on a back-to-back, and the Pelicans are not. So, obviously, New Orleans is going to be the fresher team. What worries me about the Knicks is that Julius Randle last night went crazy. He shot the ball 29 times, scored 46 points, he was absolutely on fire from the outside. He was 7 for 14 from three-point range. And oftentimes, I love fading guys like that because they come into the next game and they're trying to heat-check themselves immediately to duplicate that same performance. Well, the Pelicans' defense, far better than the defense that the Knicks saw last night. And I think Randall comes into this game, and I think he probably shoots the Knicks out of this game early in the first quarter. I would highly recommend that you take a look at the Pelicans in the first quarter for this one. The Pelicans, they have to hit the gas pedal right now. They have to come in with a focused effort. I will not be surprised if they win this game outright. I actually expect them to. And that's one of the things I think that you should probably consider when you're taking in these dogs that are from, you know, anywhere from one to three points. You you should really feel comfortable that they are going to win the game when you are taking, you know, that little amount of points. 
So I'll take the Pelicans a plus three. I do think that they win outright. Maybe you sprinkle a little bit of money on that. But I think that the detriment to this team tonight, believe it or not, is going to be the guy that saved them yesterday, and that's Julius Randle. He's going to come out. He's going to try to shoot a lot of threes. And the Pelicans' three-point defense, far better than Washington's was last night. So I'm taking the Pelicans as my best bet, plus the three points. Not sure if you like that one there, Mac. But I would probably think that um, fading Randall tonight off of that performance might 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 actually be uh, another player prop to consider as well. I looked into this game. I looked into it and saw that Tom Thibodeau actually has a pretty good record with New York and in general on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, my numbers make it Knicks minus three and a half. So I didn't. I kind of went into it thinking I would like the Pelicans. I kind of talked myself off of it. Uh, hearing you talk, though, and especially Julius Randle having that abnormal type shooting performance, I think if I would look at this game, I'd look at the Knicks under 114 total points. You can't force being good on offense, and the Pelicans haven't been the last 30 days without Zion, but you can muster strong defense. And I think uh, the Knicks might be a little fat and happy off that comeback win in Washington. Don't mind the play, but if I was going to bet it, I'd bet the team total under for the Knicks. All right, so there's another alternate there for you guys for that particular game. Uh, Before we get into our agreed-upon player prop, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and give out a coupon there, Mac. We got the same coupon that we had a couple of days ago, so if you guys did not use it, make sure you use it this time around. It's going to be Mac 20 or Sleepy 20. I don't know if you guys have been over there at pregame recently, but I will go ahead and and give myself a little self-promotion here. Pregame actually put up a second half of the year college basketball NBA package for me. Now, they've never done this before. People have asked them to do this uh, forever. And I think maybe one of the reasons why, Mac, is because I've been red hot in basketball You know, this entire year. I'm up like 50 units right now in college basketball and NBA. So pregame did that for me. If you guys go ahead and use that code, you'll save 20%. I think it was 249 for the rest of the year, which will carry you all the way to the NBA Finals, which, you know, you're going to go all the way till June. You get everything in March Madness, uh, all of that, and you guys could save 20%. So uh, 249 I mean, that, that's kind of insane. Uh, I was actually quite surprised that pregame did that, but they were like, you know what? Sleepy's kicking ass. we got to go ahead and sell him. And, Mac, I know you're doing well in the NBA right now. Is your How's your hot streak going? You still, you still flaming? Yeah, one and one in the second half. Uh, unfortunately, my bigger pick was was the loser. But hey, I'll take it. It's a long season, fifty five percent. You would have told me at the beginning of the season. Uh, that's why I expect, and it's a lot to expect. You know, it's very hard to hit fifty five percent. But in the NBA, where I specialize, I think I have that ability to do that in a in, year in year out basis. So happy about that. But let's go back to you, sir. You are red hot. Continue to be. You were last year, and two forty nine. You take twenty percent off that. You're looking at. 199 how many picks are you going to have from now till june probably like 199 right something crazy is this going to be like a dollar a pick turned out to be it's usually like a dollar buck and a half per pick which for the run that i'm on and for how well i do in the nba and college basketball at this time of year i can tell you that you'll probably never ever get a better deal and you'll probably never get better handicapping from me uh throughout the entire year i just lock in i dial in it's my favorite time of the year and I always have good results here. So um, I'm just hoping to duplicate that, Mac, because I don't want to come on here, try to sell myself, talk a bunch of crap, and then go out there and fail. But I have to be honest, you know, when when this time of year comes, like I am pretty damn good. No doubt about it. I've seen it myself with my own two eyes each and every year. All right. So there's our coupon promotion. So Mac 20 or Sleepy 20, go over there to pregame.com, pick up some picks. 
Uh, with that out of the way there, Mac, let's go ahead and see if we can knock out another agreed-upon player. Probably, I'm not sure how many of these we've hit in a row or what our record is probably over the last 10, but my guess, Mac, is it's got to be at least 60%. At a minimum, it's got to be 60% because it felt like we've hit like a bunch of these right in a row. I was keeping track as we started this pod this season. It was 6-2, and two, and then we lost one, but I don't think we've lost since then. So it might be like 9-3 and three or something. We've hit our last couple. Uh, feel good about these. We seem to... Uh, Come at it from two different angles, but kind of isolate uh, good plays to play. All right, so here's the prop we're going to go with tonight. We're going to go with Jaron Jackson Jr. under 17.5 points. Mac, I'll go ahead. I'll give you the floor. My reasoning is is quite simple for this one, but I'm going to give you the floor with this one because you handicapped this game. You know these guys inside out. You watched the last game with Jaron Jackson Jr. and the results that happened there. So Jaron Jackson Jr. under 17.5, that's going to be our agreed-upon player prop. Mac, what do we got? Put simply, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have different responsibilities in this particular game than he generally does. He's generally a power forward. I think he's going to play the majority of his minutes in this game at center because they need it. And they need him not to score, but to put up some kind of resistance against Nikola Jokic. Already know I like him to have a big game. So I think Jackson's going to be caught up. And I think uh, he's a guy that's prone to foul trouble. It's going to be hard to stay uh, on the court and not get into foul trouble Versus Jokic. So I like his points under 17 and a half. I think there's a good likelihood that he is uh, has four fouls in the third quarter and we're sitting pretty. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if you look at the, at the leading free throw shooters in the league, Jokic is in the top 20. So he's going to, and one of the things with Jokic is that he's not just like one of those stick figure kind of centers. Like he's mobile. He's going to move around. If they're going to put Jackson on him in any way, shape or form, him being tall and lanky like that, like, Jokic is going to draw fouls from him. So that's the one thing you do have to worry about uh, with Jared Jackson is that he gets into some type of foul trouble and ends up finding himself uh, sitting on the bench. So we agreed upon player prop going to be Jaron Jackson Jr. under the 17 and a half points. And that'll wrap up the NBA Dream Podcast for you guys for Saturday. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the break. Like we said, ready to go in and get ready for this stretch run there. Mackenzie and I uh, will be going ahead diving in here every week for you guys you guys know where to find us on twitter at sleepyj underscore pregame at mac and rivers make sure you guys like subscribe to the podcast and if you're looking to save some cash there at pregame.com enter code mac20 or sleepy20 i hope you guys have a great day I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck enjoy the games